Hello, friends. Welcome to Weld Found, a podcast about truly belonging to your community. I'm your host, Tim Coons. This episode is made possible by the Weld Community Foundation, a grants and scholarships provider who works with donors to help them tailor their charitable funds and give in the ways that they are passionate about. You can find out more at weldcommunityfoundation.org. I've heard from many of you, you are enjoying our series called Where Water Flows Uphill. We've been following the artist Wes Bruce as he's creating an interactive installation. This art installation will be housed within the new Library and Innovation Center in downtown Greeley, Colorado. Where Water Flows Uphill still has another set of episodes to be released at the top of 2023. We hope to be sharing some of those great stories with you all the way up until May of 2023, when the Library and Innovation Center, called LINK, is scheduled to open. At that time, we hope to host some sort of meet and greet with Wes as his installation will be open in the heart of the link at that time as well. But within this busy season, I wanted to still send out an episode to you all, something you can listen to while traveling to all the events or picking up the extra groceries, that holiday ham, something to complement and enrich the mood of this busy but meaningful time of year. This episode is titled Cheers, and it features an interview I did with the head brewer of Weldworks, Neil Fisher, and the director of operations there, Kristen Popchev. Weldworks is a business in town that really invests in their community. They are actually located across from where the new link is being built on 8th Avenue and 5th Street. I've joked with many of my friends that my dream is to drop off my four kids at the link, let them explore Wes's installation, all the incredible things uh, that they'll have there as well, while I head to Weldworks, have some adult time before picking them back up. That is the dream. In our interview, Neil and Kristen talk about what the philanthropy of Weldworks is up to while we do some tasting of creative beers. And hearing the stories of just how these beers are made, it's fascinating. Before we go over to Weldworks, I want to open the show with a short segment about music and bells and how this is a season of giving. Quick note, the segments of today's show were first aired in December of 2019. And I just wanted to feature some of my favorite moments from that episode because they still feel fresh. I feel like they are hidden gems that might've been missed that are worth revisiting. With that, Let's begin. Cheers. I come from the world of music. I've been a musician for a couple decades now, writing songs, leading bands, playing with friends. And there's a secret trick you can do if you want a piece of music to sound like it's from this time of year, this winter season. Doing this trick adds immediate holiday cheer and nostalgia, making people think about old Christmas movies or shopping or Santa. And it truly works across the board for all sorts of holiday music. It works for those dark winter carols that are in a minor key with the beat swaying back and forth like a lullaby. 
or it works for those swanky songs from the 60s, like It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, to those 80s bangers like Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You. The trick is simple. You just add bells. It's a no-brainer. Bells are a giant part of the overall sense of this holiday season. I'm not sure the history, but I know it has to involve sleigh bells on the reins of actual sleighs, coupled with cathedral bells ringing out. But just listen to the song titles from the various eras of music that are about this season. Sleigh Ride, Jingle Bell Rock, Jingle Bells, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, Silver Bells, Carol of the Bells. And of course, beyond the titles within these songs is the actual playing of sleigh bells, handbell choirs, glockenspiel chimes, church bells, and celeste. That's that haunting bell instrument from the Nutcracker's Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. Bells are synonymous with the season. Remember, every time you hear a bell ring, an angel gets its wings. To quote the Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And so it makes sense. How are we prompted to give in December? What's a central metaphor for giving? What sound reminds us that there are those in need? For decades, the Salvation Army has stationed themselves outside places of business and rang a bell. By the way, that Red Kettle campaign has been happening since 1891. But going beyond a specific church group doing a thing each year, let's see this as a, a bigger picture of philanthropy. Because these bells not only sound like the season, they seem to make the sound of giving, at least in an old-fashioned, nostalgic way. As they ring out, they prompt something within us, those best parts of us, who sees our neighbor as ourselves. And if they're hungry or cold or in need, that means our community is hurting and we're moved to do something about it. The bells of this season are a call. They give us a sense of awakening, making us aware of the good we're each asked to contribute to. What wakes up Ebenezer Scrooge from his terrifying vision of the ghost of Christmas future, but the morning bells. I was driving my 10-year-old daughter, Lucy, to a rehearsal a few months ago, and she was in the middle of telling me how she was going to spend the new $5 bill she had with her because they had just stocked the snack station and she was excited. We pulled up to a stoplight and an older woman was there on the sidewalk with a sign asking for help. My daughter, mid-sentence on how she was probably going to buy Funyuns, rolled her window down, shouting to herself, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can help. For a while, we'd had these care bags in the van to hand out to folks when we drove by someone in need, but we hadn't had those in like a good year. And Now my daughter was just thrilled that she could give something. She gave the woman her $5. The woman seemed touched. Then my daughter rolled the window up and said, finally, I was able to give, finally. It was this joy and relief for her. Now, I related to her sentiment in this way. I think sometimes the big picture can look too overwhelming and we want to help, we want to make an impact, but we just don't know how. We don't know what to do, the problems are too big. And we're left asking, where should I give? How should I give? And 
there's a frustration within us. But my friends, the bells of the season are ringing. Let's pause and listen and quickly roll down the window and give. Go online and donate or send an email to volunteer, however it looks for you. Because when we do, I think we'll have this moment where we say, finally, I get to give, finally. I hope the stories of this podcast sound like bells today. And the commercials that we're going to hear coming up from Colorado Gives Day or other charities asking for support in the weeks to follow, I hope they sound like bells. May we greet the letters and emails asking for donations as though they are the very music of the season. Because finally, we get to give. Finally. We are now headed to Weldworks Brewing Company. This interview was done in 2019, which was amazing because I realized I could pair two things that I love, talking with great people for this show and drinking beer, all in one sitting. Here's my setup from the episode. This local brewery crafts great beer, and in a moment you'll be hearing some of the crazy things they do, like when they're making their stouts. But they also are incredibly generous. Weldworks has been putting on a beer invitational the last couple years in which all the proceeds go to Weld County nonprofits. Last year, they granted out to places like the United Way's Cold Shelter and the Greeley Family House, who provide temporary housing and support services to families who are experiencing housing instability. So I headed into Weldworks on 8th Avenue in downtown Greeley and sat with Neil Fisher and Kristen Popcheff. If you guys could both just say your names and then, and then we'll do a little bit of tasting and I'll just let you guys be passionate about talking about the beer alongside. Um, and, then, and then I think I want to bounce around a little bit with sip a little talk about beer philanthropy. That, that sounds like, like yeah. a joy of a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best right there. Yes. All right. So, um, yeah, go ahead and state names for the podcast. Um, I'm Kristen Popchuff. My Neil Fisher, co-owner, co-founder, head brewer. Kristen's our director of operations and employee number one. So uh, let's begin with the tasting. What, what uh, have you brought out for us? Let's start with the IPA, so the lighter colored, the only one that's not light. So this is extra, extra juicy bits. And this one is the kind of hot beer right now for us because it just took a gold at GABF. It's one where we kind of throw a caution to the wind. We get rid of everything as far as cost. We don't worry about what the cost of hops are. This, this is the highest hop rate we use in any beer. Um, and just let the beer kind of exist for the sake of, you know, this is just extreme and fun. And still well, well del- like balanced and delicate. So it's Citra Mosaic Eldorado, the same hops we use in Juicy Bits. Um, and then it's just amped up to 11. So this is uh, around eight and a half percent. And then we dry hop this with over almost 10 pounds per barrel, which is almost triple what we do in Juicy Bits. How did you make, and I'll ask this question for Juicy Bits, how did you make a beer that wasn't, that was sweet but not too sweet, hoppy but not too hoppy, um, had this great mouthfeel, and then it also still tasted like beer? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like it tastes like beer, It's but it's juicy and, and sweet and fruity, but it's not overwhelming. I wouldn't call it a, a, a fruit beer. Um, and then it's like super hoppy. And it's so... 
Like, yeah, how did you do that? I mean, I think you nailed, like, why it's grown so quickly, because it is all those things. It's, like, it, it's approachable by everyone. If Whenever people walk in and say they hate IPAs, like, we always pour them juicy bits, and that's, I think, why it's grown, because it is it is kind of an every, every man's beer, every man and woman's beer, because it's not too bitter, not too sweet, um, certainly not as big. You know, the alcohol is kind of right in line. That's 6.7, so... It's high. It's higher, for sure. <laughs> it's not as high as some of the ones we're going to Higher than the Michelob I drank in high school. Yeah. <laughs> certainly not as high as this extra extra either. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah. so... It's, uh, a, it's cool. a fun kind of return to, to center for us. Well, let's, let's follow in tandem with a question about philanthropy. Uh, tell me, and you, it can either be Kristen or Neil, about... Um, the Weldworks Foundation, Community Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we spun it up uh, about May last year, um, and the origin of it really was, was I mean, it had always been like a, a dream, a goal for sure, but it became a reality a lot sooner than I think we were anticipating um, because of our uh, Weldworks Invitational Festival that we just hosted our last one in June. It was uh, year number two. And, um, you know, we knew that we wanted all proceeds, of course, to benefit the community. And, um, yeah, spending at the foundation just kind of uh, was that tool to allow us to kind of, you know, oversee all that and essentially, you know, do do it how we wanted to. But yeah, year one, we raised um, about $45,000, uh, which blew our mind. You know, being able to, to host a, a festival um, that, you know, we're really proud of and provide the level of hospitalities to all of our visiting brewers and um, just that kind of experience for all of our attendees and still being able to walk away with that at the end of the day was just, it was really absolutely unreal. Um, and we dialed things in and like I said, we're still learning. So this past year, uh, we closed our books just a, about a month or so ago and we raised 70,000, which I mean, that, that was just like such a $70,000 for an event, like an event that everyone's enjoying. Mm-hmm. A lot of these things are win, win, win. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is an event that everyone's coming to and enjoying, and it's and it's um, perpetuating its own economics, um, and in such a way that then, then people want to give even more to it because it's for the community. Mm-hmm. And um, God, that's awesome. <laughs> it's hard to imagine a better kind of benchmark for success for Worldworks that we were able to not just pull this off, make it an awesome event for attendees, put on an awesome hospitality for the brewers. But also raise all this money for the community. I, it's hard to imagine. Like, is there anything that we could possibly like, other than just making it bigger? It's, it's hard to imagine a better event for kind of who we are. All right, let's do another taste. <laughs> sure. Uh, let's go here. Okay. So this is the peanut butter cup acromatic, and uh, so this is. Another one that we don't release more than maybe two or three times a year. Um, we did this one for Halloween, just with the kind of Reese's is my personal favorite candy, so I always just kind of <laughs> wanted to move in this direction anyway. Uh, this one's just a, our big imperial stout, around uh, just over 10%, and then it's peanut flour, and then we actually use Reese's peanut butter cups. Um, you just unpackage them, throw them into <laughs> the liquid? We used to, now we found a, a a source that I think it's probably for like ice cream toppings, but it's bulk and they're already unwrapped and they just come in 25 or 30 pound cases and it's so much easier. It's still a pain, <laughs> but uh, we do a lot of stupid things around here that uh, I don't make friends when we order, you know, 
300 pounds of Nutty Buddies that have to be individually unwrapped <laughs> and put into the fermenter. It would take like a day to unwrap all those Nutty Buddies. <laughs> it does take a lot more time. Uh, yesterday was milk, or no, Monday? Monday was milk. Monday was milk. <laughs> How many gallons do we end up using? It's like, th- like it's almost two, 300 yeah. gallons of milk. We ordered 300, and there wasn't much that we didn't use. <laughs> no, I think the food bank picked up the last 75 gallons today. <laughs> So at least that's only, you know, that's a gallon at a time for you. There's, there's definitely smarter ways to do some of these things. Speak to kind of the, the, um, the greater heart behind um, wanting to do this beer festival and have it be a philanthropic focus. It was something that Neil and I started talking about like in year one. Again, it's kind of like this dream and the biggest part of it is marrying these two passions that we have for, you know, the, the beer and the event and the experience building um, and then also our community. I mean, community is just one of the pillars that has always been a part of uh, our ethos and kind of guides, um, you know, a lot of decisions we make and who we are and, and our identity. Um, so it was kind of a... Yeah, just a natural inclination, and this was home. Worldworks would not exist without Greeley. I think a lot of people, when we first opened the first, what, two, three years, it doesn't happen anymore, which is really, I don't know, I guess it's kind of comforting. Maybe we finally got past it, but every festival or every event we go to, every conversation we'd have was always like, I Greeley, and also, I'm sorry, you're in Greeley, or, you know, whatever, whatever kind of previous notions they had, whether you know, found it or not, they would, you know, take their jabs at Greeley. And we don't get that nearly as much anymore. And um, and I think the reality, the answer always was that this is our home. There's never, a, we weren't looking at a map saying like, Fort Collins, Boulder, Denver, where, where should we go? All these surrounding Northern Colorado communities, it was either Greeley or bust. There's something about Greeley in the community in the sense of belonging, I think back to what Weld found is, I think you get caught up in like kind of bigger areas or places where it just feels like you're never actually connecting. And Greeley's never been that place. It's not just this glossy picture, it's kind of like the most raw, authentic. And so I think that's where we are like, well, if we're gonna be here, we should continue to support and be a part of it. In the three years since this interview, Weldworks has only grown in their philanthropic presence. Go to weldworks.com, and uh, works is spelled with a W-E-R-K-S, weldworks.com, and you can read all about their initiatives. For 2022, they've been focusing on housing stability. So, cheers, we raise a glass. Here's to Weldworks and the incredible ways they are pouring back into our community. I want to close today's show with a poem from Mariah Foster. Mariah grew up here in Greeley and now works at the Nerd Store where you can buy board games and toys and comics. She has a way with words. And I get chills whenever I hear this piece she wrote for the show called Light Waves. Here's Mariah setting things up. I feel like the process of me writing this piece is um, a small, uh, similar journey that you've been taking with a lot of your your podcasts. Um, I was so excited when you were talking to me about the project and about some of what you're trying to accomplish and a, a role that I could play in it because 
um, the same questions about community and identity and becoming connected and fitting in and being a part of the world around you in a positive way is exactly what I've been doing with my life right now. Um, and for me, writing and poetry has always been a way to process and um, try to get all the, the craziness of all of our inputs, um, get all of that sorted out and get it out and down on paper and out of your head. Um, so it's, it's really been exciting to chew on a lot of the same issues that uh, you've been delving into and then see um, kind of what comes out. <laughs> Perspective depends on how you exist within. It is an attitude, viewpoint, an azimuth. You gotta give and grow toward your true north. Community can feel like a galaxy. If you're too far from the central suns, it can feel like everything is moving so slowly, like nothing is happening. How awful to look out at all the shining stars and feel incredibly alone. You gotta sync up. Join in and circle round to experience the gravity of community, how it holds us all together as we follow our own paths, how we navigate the meteors that come hurtling in from the either we can shake up our space or just keep repeating the same cycles, wondering why we are so hungry for change. Don't you know the universe needs your uniqueness, needs to feel your pull, everything is moving, changing constantly. We are all happening so fast at the exact same time, Fibonacci expands from the big bang, bang, banging of the bells, the ringing, signaling the door as our hands and our hearts is open wide, welcoming. It's time to come inside. Perspective is the art of impressions. It depends on what you draw from your experiences, how much you take away, how you frame situations. Community, who you include in your family picture, who you allow to view your gallery, we are all here for your consideration. And this time of year, it's not tough to hear how emptiness echoes through all the noise, all the stuff we consume is never enough to sustain us. The sun goes down, the lights come on, and the holiday sights and sound remind us to check our perspectives, realize that we all have more to give in gratitude, time, talent, money. Give your regards, everyone a conscious gift. Give your best impressions. Expand your heart, your home, your perspective. There is always more room at the table, always a room at the inn, if and when we make the space and invite others to live within, to exist in us, that is the love, the light, a golden perspective, the holiday spirit. How nourishing is it? How grounding the gravity. How awesome to look up at all the shining stars and feel at home. Perspective depends on how we exist within. Our reality, Weld County, depends on how we move around within it. So what's it gonna be? Poet Mariah Foster. Thank you to Mariah Foster for creating something special for this podcast. Thanks to Weldworks for the time and for the free drinks. And thank you to Dave Farrell, a faculty member at Ames Community College, who helped with the sound engineering and mixing on this episode. As always, thank you to the Weld Community Foundation 
makes this production possible. Head to Weld Community Foundation for more information. Thanks for listening to Weld Found. If you're enjoying it, rate the show, share it with a friend. And stay tuned for our next episode, coming your way soon, the first week of January. Have a good year, friends.